GodzillaMedia.com. Alive, surging up from the depths of the sea on a tidal wave of terror to wreak vengeance on mankind. Raging through the streets on a rampage of total destruction. The GameZilla Podcast. Is this the end of our civilization? Prepare for gaming domination. The mightiest monster of them all. Grimlock the Dino 9, GameZilla. Welcome to the Games Little Podcast, your last line of defense in major gaming news. I'm your host, Grimlock, and with me in the Games Little Media Studios, producer, Deadite Knight. Huh? What's going on? Oh. You talk, are you talking to me? Oh, are you not focused? What are you, what are you doing over there? Uh, I'm review bombing other podcasts <laughs> I have vendettas with, so if you're another gaming podcast, watch out, I'm coming to dump on you. <laughs> and where are you doing that? Uh, iTunes. Oh, at least you're doing it on like a good, a proper platform. Oh, everyone's going to see this, just like if... <laughs> People would see it if people would write us positive reviews. They yeah. should. That's a good point. If you haven't actually put a <laughs> review out there on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, wherever it is you listen to the show, do it. We need your help. Go out there. Five stars. Leave a review. Tell us you did, and we'll read it on the show. I'll do it. Yeah, we'll do it. I will do whatever you ask me to for a review. Even if it's a little mean. I'm just kidding. Please don't write us a mean review. <laughs> I mean, make it, make it mean with five stars. I guess I'm okay with it. <laughs> five stars. These guys are jerks. That's all the review needs to be. Oh, uh, but welcome to episode 254 of the GameZilla podcast, brought to you by our supporters at patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. There, uh, there's a... Ex- there's everything for everyone. It's the greatest place in the world to ever go and contribute money. Is that true? I think so. I, I think I checked the facts. I'm pretty sure that's accurate. Uh, you pay, you can start your patronage today at just $1 per month and get, uh, you know, I like to use the example of uh, you get to vote uh, on our subjects here for our Patreon pick of the week at uh, GameZilla. Um, at GameZilla, man, I'm really crashing and burning here. Uh, $5 a month gives you exclusive access <laughs> to the GameZilla Media pre-show, the Dungeon of Doom. <laughs> Listen, we talk about Mickey... No. <laughs> oh, oh, that was a little deep. Uh, yeah, we won't talk about cartoon characters or... Uh, if they have male genitalia on their face, I don't We're know. Not gonna do it. Not other gonna do it. other gaming Unless podcasts you want us will do, to that. do it. Become a patron and request it. I guess I'll do it. Well, this, I'll do anything for a patron. This plug really crashed and burned, but just come hey, on. Patreon.com slash GameZone Media. We need we need your money. I'm I'm real sleep deprived. I was, I was up way too late watching WrestleMania last night. It was like a, a damn near like seven hour event to watch seven WrestleMania. Seven hours. It's oh a, my goodness. It's honestly awful. It's, it's honestly a, <laughs> it's honestly the world wrestling entertainment pu- punishing their fans. I was going to say, it's a little too much, I think. Yeah, now I've completely forgotten the little bit of reading ability that I've had. Well, I guess it's time to get into some news then. Are you ready for that? <sighs> Man, you know I'm not. Let's. Here's the news. Yeah. I'm searching the web for the latest gaming news. Searching GameZillaMedia.com. Downloading headlines. What about this monster story of yours? Download. Topic number one. Are, are you set to just talk the whole show? Because I'm not sure I can do it. I got this. Okay, it's all grim for the rest of the show. I'm just be here and look pretty. Topic number one. Borderlands is getting just lashed out, just just review bomb, just shit on. Everything's going wrong for Gearbox right now. I'm just kidding. They're they're on cloud nine. <laughs> they're on cloud nine. But there are a bunch of just butthurt PC gamers that are doing just what I would consider one of the dumbest things I have ever seen. 
and that's just it's it's called review bombing, people. Okay, so we got these uh, Steam boys, Steam from Valve, the uh, the PC digital library where you can buy video games. Okay, shitty old Steam that everybody loves. Not really, but but these people do. They bought the original Borderlands back from 2009 and Borderlands 2, whenever that came out, on Steam. Okay? Now let's fast forward 10 years where the only thing online isn't Steam anymore. And uh, 2K, the publisher, made a deal with Epic Game Store. Okay? The brand new store. The hotness. A big acquisition. Yeah. A big get for yeah. Epic Game Store. Yeah, the hotness. Now, um, it's a six-month exclusive to the Epic Game Store. on P- So for PC, you can only play it on Epic Game Store for the first six months. Then it will expand out to other things like Steam. So that led a bunch of people to go and hop on Steam, look up the old Borderlands 1, Borderlands 2, and the Borderlands pre-sequel, and review bomb it with negative reviews, one star, and just hating on this company because they're not going to get the game on Steam. Okay? Now, I have many problems with this story. Many problems. But let's let's just cover a few things here. Valve has has instated a new program that is supposed to protect these uh, developers where if something like this happens to an old game, it is supposed to recognize it and, and basically eliminate those reviews. But what we found out is it doesn't like eliminate them. It just takes away the power of lowering the percentage of like what this game's rated. So Borderlands 2, for example, is still a 90% on Steam. And you're like, oh, cool. So it worked. It, it, it got rid of all the negative. The problem is, is that if you don't know what Borderlands 2 is and you actually want to read a legitimate review, you first have to sift through all of the new reviews that have come out because they're still visible and you can still read them about people crying about the Epic Store and just sitting there ripping apart a company that had nothing to do with it in Gearbox. But but can I can I at least bring this up real quick? If if in 2019 you don't know anything about what Borderlands is, like you're just stumbling into like what is this what is this cartoony looking shooting game? I've never heard of this. The only scenario where I think that'd be possible would be you woke up from a coma or you just had some sort of miracle surgery and now your eyes work and this is your first time playing video or games. Or you're a young kid where when the old Borderlands route it was you were too young to even know what it was. I even think about children. New, new they're, generation. They're like they're like they're like coma victims. Only they've just <laughs> been been watching Paw Patrol their whole life. So I mean, here's the thing. Okay, Epic Store is 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 the hot store right now. Okay, it's new. It's doing all sorts of cool things that others that nobody else has tried before. Like example. Okay, if I was a business, this is something I would care about. I have a video game, and I have two locations to take it to. One location wants 30% of my profits. The other location wants 12%. That, it's not rocket science. I'm going to go for the 12% because that puts more money in my pocket as a developer. Now, I, I've been using the terminology wrong. I keep saying developer. This is the publisher's decision. Okay, This is 2K's decision. Gearbox who is taking the blunt force of all these reviews and negativity, 
is just the developer. They didn't make this deal. They didn't make the exclusive deal. The CEO, Randy, of Gearbox came out and said, we didn't even have a choice. This isn't even us, guys. Like, like we didn't even get to have a say in this. They're the ones that made the deal. I don't know what to tell you. And so here we are. This company's just trying to make more money, okay, which is, I hate to break it to you, but that's the point of a business is to, is to be profitable. <gasps> what? That sounds like capitalism, it's a, it's which is evil, evil. It's an evil word, evil. but I hate to break it to you. When you go to work, all of you listening, maybe some of you actually made these review bombs. When you go to work, wherever it is that you work, I don't care what you do, you go there for a paycheck, okay? That company does what they do so that they can put money in their bank too, okay? Like, that's it. Deal with it. If you don't like it, then go off the grid and go live in the middle of the woods and wipe your ass with leaves, okay? And just leave us all alone because these people are the absolute worst. They don't understand anything. They're like So many of the reviews I read were, were sitting there screaming about Gearbox, and it was like <laughs> you didn't even bother to try to teach yourself what is happening here and, and what parties are involved before you went and shit on a company that had nothing to do with it that's innocent and all they do is make a franchise that you care about. It'd be like Deadeye being like, Gearbox, shitty as hell, I hate them, blah, 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 because 2K, WWE 2K17 was bullshit. And it's like, well, Gearbox didn't have anything to do with that. 2K did, which is the same publisher, right? Like, like I hate, I hate when people sit there and, and like rip other people. So you got these, you got these like keyboard warriors that are just hating all over the place. You do have people trying to defend it, right? And those are the people I feel the worst for. Because then like one person chimes in and goes, Well, actually, it's 2K that's the publisher. And then you, you thought it was bad on the review bombs. Now this guy just gets shit on for the next eight hours. Just just annihilated. And it's like, but he was right. So don't don't want don't be the right guy, because all you do is get yelled at. Okay. So we talked about the profits, right? Like, it's simple math. 12%, 30%. And I know people are like, well, Steam will actually change that percentage based off of, like, the the amount of, uh, you know, copies and blah, blah, blah. Steam will give you a deal after, like, 50,000 units were sold or something like that, okay? Indie developers can get a better break earlier, but AAAs don't get that break, not until they hit certain milestones. So, bottom line, out the gate, Epic's... Money revenue platform is better, okay? I don't care if it's if it's actually, you know, 17% or if it's 2%. It's still better. There's still more money to be had starting day one with the Epic Store and then the Steam Store. Next argument. Well, they don't even have a review system. No shit. You want to know why? Because they don't want you to do what you're doing on Steam right now. It's literally a broken system. You can't even go to a review section and, and understand if you should buy that game or not, which is the only reason a review area even exists. Go to BestBuy.com and look up <laughs> any product you want, and it'll be like, man, I love this toothbrush, and you'll be staring at, I don't know, fucking Destiny 2, okay? Like, the review system is a joke on most platforms. I'm not saying everywhere because I just asked for you to give me a five-star review on iTunes. But lie, tell people how good this show is. Lie. <laughs> That's different, okay? Because we need that. <laughs> we need your lies. But, Positive lies. All right. The review system is a nightmare, and I I applaud Epic for not even bothering putting one in their system right now. <sighs> 
Then the best part came, man. This is the best part. I hate people online. I re- like I, I build a, we build this network. We make these podcasts where we ask people online to listen to us. But man, do I hate people sometimes, especially people online that just think that they're invisible and no one no one knows who they are, so they can say whatever they want. Well, Epic Game Store's bullshit because uh, people's account got compromised, like 9 million accounts. Like, you want malware and you want your stuff to get out there? Like, then go to Epic Game Store. You want to know where that post was? It was on Facebook. Yeah. You're on Facebook. <laughs> the company that they just found, like, three accounts worth something like, I don't know, hundreds of millions of accounts that were, that were sitting on a server with no password protection they were literally wide open that if you knew to go look there you could just go grab 300 million accounts something like that so don't sit here and say well the reason it should be on steam and not epic is because of this 9 million account everyone gets hacked your shit is out there if you if you, if you don't want to be tracked and you don't want to and you and you're worried about you know and you're worried about getting your account hacked guess what Go live in a field somewhere and go off the grid again. Doomsday prep with me. I can't understand the stupidity of people when they're sitting there like, well, they're not secure. You're on Facebook. They just sat in front of the government to explain about how unsecure they are because they allowed all sorts of crazy shit happen during the during presidential campaigns and, and, and all sorts of, of hate ads and everything else going on. Like, calm down, okay? Guess what? Steam also has had major security flaws. So if you're going to sit on that high horse of like, well, they had a security flaw. So did you. Everybody has. PlayStation, Xbox, Apple. Everybody has been picked on, okay? Don't sit here and think anybody's bulletproof, especially in the video game industry, where half the time the passwords and security of these systems are are archaic and outdated. (sighs) Why would you do this? Well, it's simple. Uh, PC gamers are the scum of the earth. I mean, I'm I'm not <laughs> I'm not trying to paint with a broad brush, but they're all bad people. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. It's it. it I, I have a really hard time not just saying that clearly these people are losers and don't have a life. We're talking about having to download a different client. We're not talking about having these people having to, like, sever their left arm to play this game. You have to download another client and set up another account with a different store. It would literally be like downloading another app on your phone. Like, I get a little salty when I want to buy tickets to a show and they're not available through, you know, whatever ticket service I have an app for. So I have to get the other app for my tickets. Like, that's annoying. But I'm not going to go on the Internet and pick a fight or just defecate on this service because of that or the band i'm crapping on this band because their tickets aren't available on the website i like to buy my tickets from it's idiotic and pc gamers are bad people so basically you get a lot of people coming out here saying well this is the best way for us to have our voice heard by the developer which again guess what the developer can't do anything so you can yell at them all you want they literally are in a contract with a publisher they can't change this the publisher would have to change it, and they're not going to either. So this is the best way to be heard, even though there's support. There's literally support pages on, on social media, okay? You can literally go to a Gearbox or a 2K support page. Oh, no. Don't even don't even talk about going to 2K support. That's yeah. going to backfire on you. Yeah, but did you get someone to respond to you, though? You did. I'm not saying it was a good experience, but someone talked to you. 
and then closed my ticket out multiple times. But they talked to you. Instead of sitting here spamming through a review system that they literally cannot respond to you. Like, it's not like someone can actually respond to you. So, and if they, I mean, if you can, they're not going to. And, and with the attitude that you're taking, you have forums, you have websites, you have plenty of ways to communicate with this. You could simply just post social media about your dislike in this. Instead, you go to a system that's built for something entirely different and you just- On a different video game. <laughs> yeah, on a different video game because you can't even review that game because it's not out yet. And you just shit all over it. And to, so to me- it's a very bad look on, on the gamer's side. It's a very bad look on our side as, as gamers. And so this is where Randy uh, Randy Pitchford, the, the CEO of Gearbox, came out today and made a statement uh, via Twitter. And that is, ironically, that, that this misuse is possible and that Steam has no interest in correcting this misuse makes me kind of happy about 2K's decision and makes me want to reconsider Gearbox Publishing's current posture on the platform. So you have all gone out here and been so annoying and so disrespectful that the CEO of the development team of a series that you love and makes other games too has literally thought about not putting games on Steam anymore. Congratulations. You've literally just offed yourself. So, like, I don't know what to tell you because you're, you look stupid. You make us all look stupid. It's just negative all the way around. And, and you have people like Randy coming out saying, guys, he, he first tried to be nice to you. He came out and said, there's nothing we can do. Two, that was 2K. Why are you come? Why are you attacking us? It wasn't even us. It was the publisher. Then you have people coming out saying that, um, basically that uh, the increased use of uh, review bombing campaigns has made user reviews a serious issue for developers, and that platforms without them are a safer bet for launch due to the threat of these campaigns that pose to a game's financial viability. These companies are literally concerned about their game because you want to rock the boat because you can't get the game six months you can't get the game at launch you like could though else. you just have to download a different client it's like how and so i brought this up we had this discussion on facebook uh with with a friend of mine player one miggy uh on his uh streaming page he was talking about it and i kept chiming in because i'm like like i see it from a business standpoint right like we like Games Let Media generates money. Uh, you know, I've done a lot of entrepreneur work throughout the years, and I look at things a lot more in a business standpoint or a CEO standpoint than I do necessarily a gamer anymore. And and I noticed that a lot of the comments that were coming in were very much the gamer side of it. Like, poor me, I want my game. And and I kept coming back with just the angle of like, right, but why would I give you my product when you're acting this way? And why would I go to a to a platform that doesn't give me as good of a deal? It, and you know, it, like it makes no sense that if like if I can go to this McDonald's and buy a burger for a dollar, or that McDonald's and buy a burger for five dollars, and they're the same burger. Like, why wouldn't I go get the burger for the dollar? Like, like from from a gamer standpoint, you have to download a different app to get the coupon. <laughs> Screw oh, you, right? That's it. Give me the five dollar burger every time. <laughs> but, but but I just to me, this is so 
it's so ass backwards because, and I know, again, I look at it in a different way. I look at it from the protection of the game. I want Borderlands to be safe. I want Borderlands to be healthy and successful. And and I'm sorry, but those people that are just that are just sitting there bitching and crying and whining, they're going to be the ones that, like, if you gave them what they wanted, if you actually, like, reverted this and put it on Steam, then they literally, you've literally empowered them to do it every time the second they don't get something they want. And, like... That makes no sense to me. When I grow, I mean, hell, not even growing up, just even in the recent years, I didn't see anybody sitting there screaming like, oh my God, I can't get Horizon Zero Dawn on PC. I can only play it on PlayStation. Like exclusive games have existed for a long time. That's a bad example because it is a Sony, a Sony developer. They literally own that studio. Gearbox is a third party. But at the same time, just because I'm a third party doesn't mean I don't have the right to gain some extra, you know, deal here, whatever it is, whatever the money is or whatever the deal is they made, like, I still have the right to say, I want this to be exclusive over here for X amount of months or permanently. It's my project. It's my, it's my piece of art. It's my game. I'm going to do what I want with it. And if you don't want to play it, you don't have to, but to act that way, I just, I hope, I, I hope that, Randy, Gearbox, 2K, make the decision to pull all Gearbox games. I mean, I don't think 2K will ever do this, but pull all 2K games off Steam. Yeah, pull Battleborn. I'm sorry. Okay, Steam is not that impressive. I'm not impressed, Steam. You were the first one. You've been around, so you have a following, but you're but you got competition now. That's something you haven't had ever. So just deal with it. The the big problem with Steam, not to spit, you know, spin this out all way too far, is Steam is like going to a flea market. You have to go through like hundreds of booths of total filth yeah. and literal garbage you don't want to buy to get to an actual good table selling things. It's not the, it's it's barely a real store in that sense because so much of the stuff that's on Steam is complete filth. I mean they finally they finally banned the uh the rape game, but it literally took like everyone's like, well are they gonna do it? Are they gonna do it? And finally they they banned the game, but like I don't want my project sitting next to to that. Or in the previous, you know, in the past, we were looking at like um, school. Remember the school shooting game that we talked about? Yeah. Like, like you can put anything on there. It's just garbage. Okay. It's literally complete. It's worse than shovelware. It's just trash. And that's where my game's gonna go sit next to. It's trollware. Yeah. And so I'm sorry that you're upset, and I'm sorry that you know you don't get your game six months, or you don't get your game on time. But like. I, I don't I don't get it. I don't get it at all what you thought was gonna happen. This isn't Star Wars Battlefront 2 where they actually did something wrong and you took to Reddit and you actually made a positive change. This is a bunch of assholes being assholes. That's all this is. If you are one of them, you're an asshole. And if you and if you support this, I'm sorry, you're an asshole. This is not the way we should act. It doesn't make any of us look good. And overall, this is a huge disappointment in the gaming, you know, the gaming community. And I feel bad for Gearbox having to deal with this bullshit after they've just brought their franchise back to this hype train that we all were excited about. And then they go and drop a little bit of news and everyone just lights on fire because they're not going to get it the way they want it. Sorry, deal with it. You boohoo, you're going to have to download a different application on your computer. Yeah. 
You're gonna have to add it. You're gonna have to add your credit card information and come up with a new username. And I know you loved being Johnny Big Tit Seven or whatever your name probably is because you're a subhuman loser. But you know, I bet Johnny Big Tit Seven XX is still available for you on the Epic Store. I don't even understand why it's an issue. That's how like detached I am from from this situation. I'm like, well, it's you just have to download something different. And I mean, like, even if you have problems with the Epic Store, even if you don't want to download it, right? Because of whatever you're worried about, whatever your information, whatever it is, okay. And I'm sitting here right now having my like me personally. I've had my Steam account hacked. Long time ago, but I've had it hacked. I just had my Epic account hacked, so don't act like I'm sitting here saying the Epic Store is perfect, okay? I have my own problems with the Epic Store. But if you're in this day and age of putting yourself out there and making accounts and attaching payment you know, information to your accounts, you damn well know there's a possibility that your account's going to be hacked. And there's nothing you can do about it other than just maintain uh, scanning and and react to when you see something odd and just deal with it. But, like, if you want to live in this world, it's honestly an expectation at this point that something might go wrong. So don't blame just because you want to hate. And and that that leads me to my last my last point I'm going to make, and then I'm good with this topic because— I'm, I've been so irritated with this. You and take wanting, your blood pressure meds? Wanting, you're, you're tense. And wanting to talk about it for, for a while here. Okay. PC gamers have sat back and sat there and been like, PC Master Race, blah, blah, blah. And they always make fun of us little PS4, Xbox players because we always sit there and like, PS4 is better than Xbox. Xbox is better than PS4. Yet here you are literally being the same exact you're a hypocrite you're you're literally saying the same thing well steam's better than epic they don't get hacked like the facts are wrong first of all you're literally comparing two two stores that that sell video games on pc and you're talking about which one's better than the other and then you want to come back and be and and make fun of the uh the console players like the like you are such a hypocrite at that point that like I've lost all respect for you. I already have, like, moved myself away from Steam because of how toxic and just just shitty that community is. And then you prove time and time again that I made the right decision. And then I don't need to come back. And then I'll just play somewhere else. Because guess what? That's the advantage nowadays, guys. You can pick other options. You don't have to go with steam anymore and you also don't have to defend steam for their piss poor policies and and really just here's the bottom line question epic store made a deal with with 2k did steam even try did steam even try to get borderlands 3 exclusive even if they heard about it late did they try to like say hey i know you're talking with epic here's our offer even if the deal was already signed, was there a deal from Steam that where they tried to win it back? Because if you're going to sit here and defend Steam and you're all upset about the Epic exclusive deal, like, what if they didn't even try? Your platform that you're supporting, that you're in love with, that, you, that, you're, that you're backing, what if they didn't even make the phone call? Then that's on them. Epic was proactive. 2K and Epic already probably been dealing with each other because of other projects. And if you're back here in Steam and you don't know that shit's going on, because guess what? This isn't the first time. Division 2. 
Epic Store, not Steam. Like, this isn't the first time that Steam got burned recently. So if I'm Steam and, I'm, and I don't like this, what am I doing about it? You know, the, the last thing I have, I guess, to say about this is people should have saw the writing on the wall because Gearbox helped Epic release the physical edition of Fortnite. That relationship was building. If you didn't see this coming from a mile away, then you weren't paying attention to what a developer that you claim to care about is doing. It's the same, like, okay, it's the same thing. We, we've already talked about it. Epic is, is a new store. So what are they doing? They're being proactive and they're going out and they're trying to lock things down. They locked down Division 2. They locked down Borderlands 3. They locked down Hades. Like, that's what they're doing. Because they're smart. They're new. They have to do something. They don't have the library that Steam has. So how, how, do, you, how do you win? Exclusive. Even if it's limited time. Let's look back and ask how did, uh, you know, look at things like Netflix and Blockbuster. Blockbuster sat back and said, it's not a big deal. We're not worried about it. And let Netflix do their thing. It's the same idea. Blockbuster died because they, they, they looked at it and go, oh, we're not worried. We're big. We're giant. Nothing can happen to us. There's one left in the world. One Blockbuster. It's like in Alaska or something. Yeah. How's Netflix doing? I'm sorry, guys. This is the world we live in. Like, Steam's not always going to be king unless they actually proactively work to try to remain being king. And even then, it's extremely difficult to not have your ups and downs. So, here we are. We're, we're watching Epic grow and Steam suffer. And you don't need to be a dickhole about it. You just need to understand why it's happening and understand, oh, this is Steam's fault. I shouldn't be mad. What's the odds that when the show gets posted, we do get a review on iTunes? Like, these guys hate PC players. Like some really like scathing review. And I don't <laughs> And I don't hate PC players. I have my own PC. I, I game. I but like I, like that's not the point. Like, I mean, I hate these people. These people are these people are just terrible. But like, I mean, as a gaming community, I just want us to be successful. I want us to be respectful to these companies that are making the games that you love playing. Like, you know, if they weren't here making Borderlands, you wouldn't have Borderlands. You wouldn't even be upset that you're not getting Borderlands 3 because it wouldn't be a game. So, like, have some respect. You should be playing Red Faction 2. And understand the, what you're saying before you sound like an idiot online with the whole concept of, like, it's not even Gearbox's fault and you're literally punishing them. 2K's sitting back just counting their money and you're sitting here shitting all over Gearbox. You just, you sound stupid. You're hurting the wrong people. And overall, you're just making a mess. You're making a mess over something, over 180 days. Yeah. All right. Whew. Topic number two. You feel better? That was, that was when you had to get off your chest. You were bottling that one up. I've been bottling it up since, since the conversation on social media, yeah. So I do feel better because I got my points across. I feel like I didn't get too, like, cussy. And, and I, I was able to, like, make some smart points of people that are just like, like, it's not. I'm proud of you. Yeah. I'm proud of you. That was, that was a good talk. I feel better too. Topic number two: accessibility and difficulty. Develop. What's going on here? Okay, like this is this is a subject that really was it earlier today. We saw this break on social media. Like the conversation was going around. We did yeah. about. We got games a, being too hard again. Yeah, we got a game again that we have a game that just came out, and um, 
it's a Soulsborne uh, style game from from software, and it's called uh, is it is it Sekiro something like that? Sekiro. Sekiro. That sounds like, right. I don't know. It's, in, like it's in front of me, but I can't read. So. I don't play this game. Okay, so I've played born. I've played um, uh, oh wow, Bloodborne, and I've played Dark Souls, but I have not played this new game. But it's it's the same idea. It's a very difficult game, and it has technically no easy mode. And that's what started this whole thing. People claiming this game needs an easy mode. And the interesting point was developers coming out and saying that accessibility and difficulty options are no threat to the artistic vision of their projects. And I think, so there's positivity to this. And then there's just some just some, some discussion to be had here. But the positivity is, is the outcry from the community and from the developer side of just not outcry, sorry, the support, I should say, of, of a lot of these people. So people like uh, Corey, uh, Corey Barlog, which is the director of God of War, he tweeted, accessibility has never and will never be a compromise to my vision. So uh, you know, people coming out, big names coming out, uh, director of Bayonetta coming out and saying that putting, um, putting in a one-button mode called Easy Automatic in Bayonetta didn't make getting pure platinum any easier, and it didn't ruin any experience. And basically, it led to himself and others in the team receiving many comments from new Bayonetta fans who could have never otherwise enjoyed the game. Interesting. And then my last one, my last like quote would be, your enjoyment of a single-player game is not affected by how another person chooses to experience that same video game. And that's Steve Spoon... Uh, COO of Able Gamers. So a lot of people close, like we're so close. That's, that's a couple different sides of the coin, right? Because right. we have Corey from God of, God of War saying accessibility has never and will never compromise my vision. So like I took that as him saying like I'm not concerned with how accessible this game is. I'm going to make my game. No, it's is, it, am I am I reading like that's the way I'm reading that. Yeah, your reading is super wrong. Everybody, so all these comments came after Corey's. Okay. Praising Corey. Corey's basically saying that like he'll never let he'll never let uh, accessibility not be a priority because of his vision. Oh, okay. It's kind of how he's looking at this. Because I was so, I was totally reading it the other way. Well, he's, he's like, being, I'm going to make my game no. and uncompromising. Right. No. No. So and so like the the uh, I'm sorry the bayonetta comment and even the able gamers comment were in response to Corey's tweet. Sure. And so. Um, there's been a lot of there's a lot of support, a lot of praise, uh, you know, about these people coming out and saying this, and it all revolves around the fact that this new game doesn't have an easy mode, and it kind of led us to sit here and want to talk about. First of all, good on all these developers. These are some of the biggest developers, you know, uh, out there right now. I mean, God of War winning game of the year and, and everything. Um, you could play God of War in a way that was very easy, so you could just go enjoy the game. You could just go enjoy the story, and realistically, you were going to beat the game, or you could make it incredibly hard to the point where like it got to that point where I'm like uh, halfway through the game I'm going to change my setting because it was just too much so there you go the game of the year had the ability to flex like that on the fly throughout the game got to a boss couldn't beat it died 30 times in a row drop it down to easy push through the game come back and try it on hard later if you want that was the style and that's what all these people are saying but this new game doesn't have that, and people want it. So the, it came into the question is, does every game need an easy mode? And I think we've already answered the one question is that it's okay 
to play a game on easy mode. Like, it's okay to have easy. Like, I don't think there's a game that exists that by having options, it's bad. I just don't. So then the question of, should every game have easy mode? I, sure. I think the real question is, or, or the real statement is, just give me options. It doesn't necessarily have to be easy. Just let me have flexibility. See, I, I am I am all for an easy mode if that's how someone wants their game to be played. I would imagine there's developers that just, you know, from software probably doesn't want you to have an easy time. They want you to have a hard time. They want their game to be a challenge. And maybe that's like part of the thrill of them designing this game is they, they want it to be hard more than they want you to be immersed in the story. That, that It just might play into what the motivation of the actual studio making the game is. So here comes the next the next piece, though, is because most of these people thought in a very broad way of just like, oh, well, you just need to get good, right? Just get good. Yeah. If we, we, hear, we hear that all the time in gaming. Sure. Negatively and just, and, and just whatever, even supporting each other, like get good, like get better, practice, whatever. But here we are, and let's add in the factor of like there are certain people that cannot play Dark Souls, Bloodborne, and, and this new game. <laughs> Can't do it. I can't do it. I can't play those games. They are too hard. But I mean, there's also people that literally can't play that game physically. Well, that's true. And so you have to, at that point, with with comments from able gamers and stuff like that, you know, people like the Bayonetta, the Bayonetta developer coming up with a one-button mode. You literally only had to push one button and move your character around. That was it. So you could enjoy the story of Bayonetta. Like, that's the... Even God of War, you could take it down to an easy mode. And yeah, there was still a lot of buttons, but... Overall, it made the game pretty pretty easy, where you could you could you know at least enjoy a an amazing story, and so it leads me to believe like yeah you know what, build some trophies or build some achievements that are around that that you're gonna get around to the point of like you're not gonna get the platinum in this game unless you can beat it you know uh, at the highest level, but there shouldn't be a wall saying, you know oh I'm sorry you have a disability. I'm not going to give you an easy mode, you know, like, and at the same time, I'm not saying every, I'm not saying it needs to be a requirement. I'm not saying like the industry needs to say like, if you don't have an easy mode, we're not publishing your game. Like, I don't want that. I want, I want there just to be a level of respect. I just want there, I would just want there to be, you know, people like good people are out there, you know, Corey and, and all of them that we're talking about that understand it. Phil Spencer and, and Xbox doing what they're doing with the adaptive controller. You know, like there's a lot of cool things out there that maybe someone could use that controller and some and some hookups and still beat Dark Souls on an incredibly difficult situation or, and setting. And that's great for them. And that's a great story. But if someone is super into that franchise and they love the world and they love the characters, should they not have the ability to enjoy it? You know, like that's like uh, a great example I read today. They brought up movies, okay? And you can go into a theater and it can be uh, subtitles, right? Because you can't hear. You're not going to get the full experience of the movie. We already know that. They're mm -hmm. not going to get the music. They're not going to get the sound effects. But they're going to be able to read the dialogue and they're going to be able to enjoy it to the level that, they, that they're able to enjoy it. And, and hopefully that, like to them, that's, that's what they want. That option's there for them. That, you know, like, and, and so, like, that's that's a great, like, it's not a video game, but it's still a, it's an entertainment piece that I really liked that comparison because, yeah, they are tech, you know, it is unfortunate they're missing out on certain things that they can't, that there is no way really for us to 
share with them, but they still have a way to enjoy it. And that's, that's important to me. So I don't know. I look at this and I don't, I don't negatively look at from software. Like this is not something where I'm mad at them because they don't have an easy mode, but it is something where I'm like, I would like, I would prefer it when I see it. I, I commend those people for, for do, going the extra, taking that extra step and developing, you know, that extra mode for people. I, I guess there's, it, it's interesting because from software is actually such a unique position because their studio's reputation is, is built on making games that are hard. Yeah. Where you would think financially, Again, we're talking back, back to our last topic. We're talking about how you make the most money. More people can play your game. You're going to sell more copies of your game. True. Like th- that, from a business standpoint, makes a lot of sense. I-, I think there's people maybe a little bit older than us, and we're really on like that cusp because we were raised on the NES that want to go, video games used to be hard, damn it. Well, they used to be hard because they were arcade ports that were meant to steal all your quarters. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's that part where kids these days are too soft. Everything's too easy for kids these days. And I'll agree. There, there. I love when a video game has some difficulty. It has uh, a, a learning curve. But at the same time, I wouldn't want some kid. I, I guess I just have like a heart for the kids on this one because it was a grown up screw them. But <laughs> some kid who really wants to play a game and because of a challenge or them, I'm bad at video games. I should be able to relate to this because I can. Just a reason like that's just too hard for me. But I'm really interested in that video game. Yeah. Like. Let's just, because this is all I'm going to talk about for the next two months probably, let's say what if Mortal Kombat 11 got released where you could only play online, where I'm just playing against other people that are destroying me. Yeah. That that would be like a From Software version of a fight game. It would be too hard. I would never actually get good enough. How do you start when you're picking up a new character in a fighting game? You play a tower or you play an arcade mode on easy or on medium, depending on what your skill level is, and you learn the character. So... There's that aspect where it makes sense to have a way to experience the game for more people. Financially, it makes sense. I think it's good for gamers. You know, I think there's always going to be those games out there that are intentionally hard or are pressing that, hey, some people are going to get left out. I'm fine with it. I get left out of those games. Again, I've, I tried playing Bloodborne. It was way too hard for me. I wasn't having fun. I stopped playing it after about three hours. So there's going to be some experience you get left out on, but I think more gamers being able to enjoy a game is better for the publisher, better for the developer, and better for gaming fans. Yeah, and then my last statement on this, too, it shifts to the players. For the people that are out there that have been complaining about this idea because it it, uh, waters down their achievement, it's a single-player game, and and the statement, once again, is your enjoyment of a single-player game is not affected by how another person chooses to experience that same video game. Okay? CEO of Able Gamers. Don't sit there and limit other people because you can sit there and say, I beat Dark Souls, and then someone else can say, yeah, I beat Dark Souls too, and then you have to worry if they beat it on easy and you didn't. Like, who cares? Well, you know what you achieved. Mm-hmm. Enjoy what you achieved and stop always, always comparing it to everyone else. That is not the point, especially of a single-player game. You're not playing Fortnite trying to kill the other 100 people and be the best. You're literally just trying to beat a game that is a challenge for you. And like outside of that, if someone walks up and says, yeah, I beat it too, it was great – then enjoy it and share that this cool moment that you're going to have about being able to talk about a video game that you both played. 
Who cares? We have a lot. There's a lot of people in this world that are very little people. And they yes. they need that. They need to get off on the fact that they did something better than you, or they, you know, like oh well, you didn't actually beat the game because you played it on easy, right? Like that's it's just that's sad. Here here's an example that I want to bring up that I know you and I have both had frustrations with, but at the same time, I'm really glad it exists. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe has a steering assist and an acceleration assist mode that makes it harder to fall off the edges of courses. Yep. And it makes it where you know, you'll auto brake a little bit on the turns. It, it helps you. So Grim and I don't play with that mode on because we, we've been playing Mario Kart since like 1992 or whatever. Right. We want the pure experience. We want to prove our skill to one another when we're playing Mario Kart against one another. When I'm playing with my wife, <laughs> she just wants to beat me. Yep. She yep. doesn't want to get frustrated falling off the edge. She doesn't want to deal with that, so she leaves the steering assist on, and guess what? That means I get to play video games with my wife, and we both have fun because I love trying to beat her knowing that she has the handicap, and I, I still got to find a way to beat her with that, and she's having fun because she's not getting frustrated. She's enjoying the experience. To take that one step further, I have a four-year-old nephew who I can turn motion controls uh, steering assist, acceleration assist on. I can be a 30-year-old man playing against a 4-year-old kid. The 4-year-old kid is having fun. I'm having fun. No one's frustrated. Yeah. So that's an example of where this can become accessible and more people can enjoy the game. It's a great point. It's a very good point. We're going to move on with that one. Topic number three. Microsoft is uh, reportedly combining Xbox Game Pass and Xbox Live subscriptions. So this will be an additional bundle. So let's just clarify this. It doesn't mean like it's going to be the only way that you can buy this. Uh, but moving forward, the package is reported to cost $14.99 per month and assumably will contain all the services included in both subscriptions, which would include online multiplayer, free and discounted monthly games with Xbox Gold, uh, Xbox to, or, or access to Xbox exclusives, and any other games included in the Game Pass catalog. All of that will be com combined into this package. Um, to give you a breakdown, if you were to buy each service separately per month, which I don't know many people that do this, but each service currently costs $9.99 per month on a month-to-month -month subscription. Um, so meaning that this new option would, would save players roughly $5 per month. Um, but there is obviously annual and semi-annual subscription options for these uh, programs that sold separately. So you can also imagine that this new bundle might have a, you know, if you buy a year full, maybe you get a discount. So when we look at this, $180 if you were to to do this um, for 12 months. If you buy if you buy if you buy them both separately, it's $180. So, I mean that's That's if you buy month by month because the right. prorated right. if you buy a whole year of Xbox Live was it 50, 60 bucks? It's, so that's the other deal. Like let's just say I a full year is $60 for Xbox Live. But there's not regular. a regular. There's not a prorated plan for Game Pass, correct? No. Okay. So then that puts you at okay, if I do it that way, it's 180 bucks. It's the same price if I buy one year of live and then pay month to month for Xbox Game Pass. Okay. If I paid for them both m monthly, then you're right. You save that five dollars a month, so you're going to save what 60 bucks over yeah. the whole year. Um, but again, 
there's probably going to be those annual breaks and stuff like that. So this is um, this is interesting. I think it's smart because as much as I liked Game Pass and you know, and I am a fan of Xbox Live as a service. I think it's a very good online platform for for gaming. Um, it bother like it started to get a little little bit where it's like nickel and diming you, right? It's like, well, I got to buy the Xbox and I got to buy Xbox Live and then I got to buy Xbox Game Pass and then like, and, and so it's smart to instead start to market it where it's like, hey. Here's just one thing, and it gets you everything, you know. And so, with the rumor, with the with the talk of the discless uh, Xbox coming out, the the really the big push more and more and more into digital subscription and options like that, kind of getting that bundle ready, I think, is very important for them. I think it's smart. Overall, I think you are going to save a little bit of money, especially if the same opportunities kind of arise for this a little bit down the road, like. Um, xbox live is so i picked up xbox live a year for 40 bucks you know like because because you can find deals around the holidays and stuff like that so you know i'm assuming that same thing's going to end up happening in this bundle eventually where you'll be able to get some deals on that as well uh, on top of the the normal if i buy it for a year type break that i get the annual break so I don't know. I think uh, I think it's smart because game like Game Pass is so cool. But I've talked to so many people that own Xboxes that didn't even know what it was, and that so that surprised me because it's like, oh, you have an Xbox? Yeah, do you, you use it? Yeah, oh, you should get Game Pass. You know what's that? It's literally like a hundred plus games that you can just download and play for free. It's like having Netflix but for video games. And, you know, and then instantly I had several of them go out, sign up for it. And, and a couple days later, be like, oh, I downloaded this. I downloaded that. I tried this. You know, like it it works. The problem is, is that hardcore gamers are going to know what it is. But once you go outside to hardcore gamers, I think it starts to fall off pretty quick where everybody needs live. If you want an Xbox and you want to play online, you need live. So bundling it together now, it's super smart. You're going to get people playing all your games, you know, because all first party games are included in Game Pass. So so now you can pretty much assume that every Xbox that sells, if it sells with this bundle, you can now sit there and say, they're going to try Halo, they're going to try Gears of War, they're going to try Orient. Like, you can really sit there and start to, like, market the fact that you're going to get better exposure to all of your IPs as well. If you just think about it from selling it to a parent, you know, like, hey, buying your kid an Xbox, hey, they're going to need Xbox Live, it's 10 bucks a month. Hey, for five more dollars on top of that, your kid's gonna have access to a hundred video games, and he's gonna have your kid's gonna have access to all the new big yeah. big Microsoft titles that come out. And you go, okay, so for you know, the, the that's not a big additional cost to not have to be shelling out sixty dollars, or if it's an a, a older game on Game Pass, twenty, thirty dollars here or there to get your kids gaming. I know to for for someone like me, it appeals a lot to because. I don't buy a ton of $60 video games. I might buy four of them a year, it seems like, that I'll, I'll throw down and be like, oh, let me get that brand new game. A lot of times I buy more you know, smaller indie titles. But if PlayStation actually had a good service similar <laughs> to Game Pass, if, if PlayStation had stuff that was anywhere near as good what's on what's on Game Pass, I would have their service. Yeah. Because that, that plays right into the type of the, the way I want to pay for games. I'll throw an extra $5 a month at a service to play, have access to all those really fun video games. 
Absolutely. I don't think we need to spend much more time on this. It, it's a it's a cool feature. We're going to hear more about it, I, uh, I would assume, here at E3 coming up. But uh, this leaked out, uh, and I thought it was interesting. It's a smart move for them to kind of consolidate their, their services and, and really give an overall experience now to anybody that wants to play on the Xbox platform. All right. Patreon news topic of the week. You guys voted every week. Patreon slash Games Low Media. Patreon.com slash Games Low Media. You can join Patreon and then you can help influence this show. It's one of the perks that you gain. Uh, and this time you voted for Super Mario Odyssey and Breath of the Wild is getting Nintendo Labo VR support. Oh, hell yeah! Labo VR, the greatest VR ever! I'm not sure about that. It's going to be the goal. Uh, I don't know about that either, but okay. Move over, Samsung gear. <laughs> so <laughs> if you if you haven't been listening to the show, in a few weeks ago we talked about the Nintendo Labo VR kit that got announced, and we pretty much ripped it to shreds. Uh, coming out April 25th. I pre-ordered it. Yeah, I'm sure you did. <laughs> or sorry, sorry. Um, Nintendo Labo comes out April 12th, uh, and these software updates will be coming out April 25th. So just yeah, a couple weeks after. Uh, I guess I'll have to cancel my pre-order. That's after Mortal Kombat. I'm yeah, you're gonna be you're gonna be busy. So testing my mic. The, the big things before we get into this, I just wanted to cover is Super Mario Odyssey will feature bite-sized bonus experience that will allow players to head back to Cap, Seaside, and Lunch Lunch on uh, Kingdoms with uh, Mario and Cappy in three new mini missions. Okay, so it's not the whole game. Okay, it's just extra content. So if you're enjoying Mario Odyssey, then then you get a little bit extra. The 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 biggest news that I thought, and even Deadite was was thought I was wrong on this one. He was like, I don't think so, but it, it turns out it was right. The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild will allow players to experience the full title in VR with the flip of a virtual switch in the options menu. So that's actually pretty interesting that you're that you're going to be able to play the entire Breath of the Wild game in VR might actually be cool but it also might be the worst thing ever it, it just so here it is to it comes back to me here talking about like the piss poor specs that this vr headset's gonna have based off of the specs of the screen and everything that we talked about a couple weeks ago this this can't be good this like how is this going to work how is this not going to burn people's eyeballs out people are saying it looks surprisingly good it's getting it's getting good reviews from the visual standpoint. I yeah. know that's what you're concerned about, and the reviewers are saying like, "Oh, it looks way better than we would have expected." I hope so. At the same time, though, like I think you and I had the best question about this whole thing. How 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 does this stay on your head? Because every <laughs> oh god, because everything <laughs> I've seen is is people holding the device to their head. There's no head strap. It's not a typical VR head unit where it's it's locked onto your head. That we know of. Well, I'm gonna get some of those ratchet straps and just shake it to shake it to shake it to and just lock just it onto zip my head. Tie it to your head. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. and there yeah, it is. Done. Then we have to take it off. Then you're a smart man. You know, sometimes I come up with some decent ideas. I'm smart till I lose the charger and I'm like fumbling around <laughs> like a mummy. Right, but um, 
Yeah, so I mean, that was my biggest question: is that everything we've seen in the VR is the concept of holding it by a handle or by the Joy Cons, and I just like to me, it's like am I playing Zelda with the Joy Cons up by my head and then moving around, moving my like? It just seems super weird. And like when I think of VR, I you know my experience, I've experienced multiple versions of VR. It's all based off of like the thing is strapped to my head, and when I move my head. I, look, I move in the world as far as my vision. So like Zelda Breath of the Wild would be really cool because then I could just use the Joy-Cons and, and move my head and look around. Like that would be great. I just don't get like, unless they haven't shown us an adapter that's going to be available to strap this onto my head, then how is it going to work? Well, well, Grim, I think you're forgetting what company we're talking about. We're talking about Nintendo, and this isn't Nintendo's first VR. <laughs> Nintendo's a trailblazer, a trendsetter, and you as an owner of Virtual Boy, you damn well know how you play it. You lay down in bed, you rest that son of a bitch on your face, <laughs> and you let it crush your head so you'll have neck problems. You just rest, you lay down, you, you lay your back down, you rest on your face. I, I am curious if you're in like that cobra position with your hands up by your face, uh, it's probably going to be really uncomfortable, and you can probably only play for, like, I don't know. I'm super weak, so, I don't know, six minutes before my arms get tired <laughs> at that. Right. Um, you know, a, a real man would be able to hold it up there at least 12 or 13 minutes. Uh, so if you could detach the Joy-Con and then, you know, tilt them to, like, look around maybe, uh, I, I just I really badly want to experience the world of this Hyrule in VR. I do think that could be really, really fun. For the six minutes that my arms can hold it up, I don't. I just can't imagine that it would be something you'd want to put, you know, 120 hours into this game doing. So, I, I think it's a, it's just a little perk. I think if you already, yeah, but you're gonna to buy, buy the Labo. Like, oh, if you're, you're already, not gonna buy yeah. the Labo to play it like that. I might. No, I'm not. Gonna. You're not. Yeah, you, know, you didn't even buy the last Labo. I haven't bought any Labo. You're right. So good. I know what I, to get you for your birthday. <sighs> I mean, I, I wouldn't say no. I try. I try Zelda for about five minutes, and then move on with my life. But uh, I don't know. It's just to me, it, it just doesn't seem like it's going to be a good idea. Especially like my VR literally says, "Do not let children under a certain age use this device." So like, why is this one okay? It's still VR. It's still like these magnifying glasses, literally attached to a screen that you're putting inches away from your face. Yet we grew up being told not to sit too close to the TV or you'll go blind. Nin now we're strapping screens to our face. Nintendo wasn't worried in 1995 and they're not worried about they it now. They should have been in 1995 because it failed miserably <laughs> and caused eye problems for people. And again, I know I brought this up a couple weeks ago last time we talked about Labo VR and I know you talked about it earlier in this episode. But kids have tablets like four inches in front of their face now. Anyway, yeah, we're all doomed. It's different. Doomed. Just a few years ago when PlayStation VR came out, they're like, listen, your kids shouldn't play it. And now they're like, ah, screw it. Your kids are going to be blind anyway. That's why everybody has glasses now. Yeah, no <laughs> everybody. Doubt. No doubt. All right. Well, that's our Patreon news topic. Let us know what you think about this and everything else we talked about today in our Discord. Just go to gameslowmedia.com, right on the homepage, click that Discord button, talk with gamers from around the world every Every day, let's jump in the Nintendo chat and tell me why Nintendo Labo is actually going to be cool. Or maybe you agree with me and it's going to be a hot dumpster fire called Virtual Boy 2.0. A hot dump. Let's get into the Zilla update. Yeah, updating the, the Zilla activity. 
Great. Mine's mine's real quick. I think well, I'll, then I'll let you go. I think I'm gonna go. It's it's easy. I played a lot of Borderlands and I am enjoying it so much. Borderlands One on the PS4. Played it in that 4K HDR and it is gorgeous. I never really thought that I would play a game. I mean, it's 10 years old. Okay, I'm not talking about playing Super Metroid or anything. That's like it's very you know a retro game. I'm talking about just a remaster of something that I played on what the PS. Three, yes, or the Xbox 360, whatever system it was. So, um, I love this game. It's been it's old enough. It's been gone long enough that I am literally feel like I'm playing through a new game, and the enjoyment and just like just excitement I'm getting out of Borderlands right now is so good. And I can't wait to finish this. I plan on moving right into Borderlands Two, and that's going to lead me right up to pretty close, I would say, to. Um, Borderlands 3 coming out in September. I like your marathon. I'm excited about that. Yeah, I'm going to skip the pre-sequel. It just hasn't done anything for me, but I'm definitely going to play 1, 2, and get ready for 3. So Nice. But uh, yeah, I that that's my gaming moment of the week. I was just really blown away with how well they did with the remaster of the game. And just, you know, there's so many times you go back to something that you thought you enjoyed, you thought it was the best thing ever, and then you go back to it and you're like, man, this isn't very good anymore. <laughs> yeah, and I can I can safely say that Borderlands is not that. It is truly it is as special as I remember it, and it just this is perfect timing because it's just getting me so much more excited for uh, for Borderlands Three. I like that. I uh, I downloaded the HDR update for Borderlands Two, and I, you know actually installed it, and then uh, that's when I realized I didn't have my TV even close to configured right for HDR. Yeah. So I finally was like, all right, let me figure out how to do this, and I got you know to the right menu and stuff, and uh, you know I, I don't have a pro, so I'm not playing it in 4K, but the HDR it does look really really nice. Yeah. Side note, um, by next show, I ordered a new headset. Oh, nice. So I am going to be getting the one of the first um, Dolby, what, DTS or whatever, like the new Dolby sound that uh, is only available in a few headsets right now for the for the gaming that are supported by the gaming consoles. Um, so I have a whole new Steel Series Pro Pro uh, uh, set coming that I'm very excited about that I'll be talking about next week. I'm That'll sure. be pretty exciting. Yeah. Hardware reviews. We got them here. Yeah, but what about you? What do you got going on? So, you know, I, I, I dabbled into a little bit of Borderlands. You know, I was really hyped up because it was WrestleMania weekend, and I was like, I'm going to be super lazy all weekend, just watch wrestling and play video games. And I spent almost the entirety of my weekend that wasn't involved with watching wrestling in my attic, breathing in fiberglass insulation. Mm, perfect. So, yeah, that's, that's the best way to spend your weekend. Yeah, you know, so sadly, my, my gaming was very minimal over the weekend, but I did have a disheartening tale from the world of Jurassic World Evolution. Oh, God. <laughs> still into Jurassic World Evolution and, and still really liking this game. I'm uh, I'm over 20 hours into it. Side note, um, I just wanted to inform you, you've, uh, you've got another person to jump on board with you. I don't know if you know this. Tell me about it. Paid full price for the game. Who? Jazzy Fiddle. What? Playing playing Jurassic World Evolution. I caught him the other day playing it. I was like, oh, then I got you too? For and I'm like, I'm like, did you get the game on sale? And he's like, no. And I was like, 
well, how much did you pay for the game? He's like, $50. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to say anything. Okay. I hope he doesn't know I paid 20 for the premium edition. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, Man. I thought you'd get a kick that you Yeah, why, is why isn't he messaging me? To <sighs> I don't know. You guys need to, you got to gotta hook up now. Jazzy slash Owl Zero. Got to hook up. Man, we need, we need to be getting in the Discord, blow, blowing up the chats about this. Okay, so... I made it to what is the fourth island that um, that you unlock. I've been having a lot of fun. I've, I've just it's taken me back to the addi addi addictiveness of Roller Coaster Tycoon. It felt, falls right in my wheelhouse of me losing my life to a game. Right. Make it to the fourth island, and a, a spoiler alert, so I don't know if Jazzy or someone else that's playing this game doesn't want to listen, fast forward like two minutes, because yeah. I got a story of part of the scenario. So I get to the fourth island, all right? And you get there, and they actually have Jeff Goldblum doing voiceovers for the game. Oh, wow. So it's Dr. Ian Malcolm saying, like, oh, hey, on this island, you have to conserve your space, and you got to be careful for what you, you know, you got to plan ahead. And he goes, there's something about this island that just feels like a disaster waiting to happen. I'm sure you'll be all right. <laughs> and I'm like, that was real ominous, Jeff Goldblum. And so... I'm, I, I raise up a pack of Dilophosaurus and, uh, you know, an Ankyosaurus. Like, you know, I'm just trying to build up my one exhibit. And it is a small island. So I'm like, okay, I don't have a lot of money. Let me start trying to build it up. And uh, everything's going good. I'm about, I think, 45 minutes into the island. And I'm like, okay, I'm running a little low on money. But, you know, like, it'll, it'll all get there. People are coming to the park. They're spending some money. Like, it's, it's just, it's a slow go. Every time you start a new island, it takes a while to start getting to the point where you just have more money than you know what to do with. And then... All of a sudden, I hear like a storm warning. Well, the island I was just on two islands ago had hurricanes like every 12 minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that seems about accurate. It's like storm warning. I was like, oh, well, good. I just built this storm shelter. Everything's cool. I open up the storm shelter and I go over and realize, nope, it's a, it's a tornado. Oh, <laughs> damn. No, no, no. Tornado just comes through and is ripping up all of my stuff. I'm like, oh, God, no. I'm, I'm trying. Like, I'm hopping in the Jeep. Because you have in the mission makes you go into third person mode. I'm driving the jeep over to my other buildings and repairing them and driving around my island. That's like the longest island ever. And then I realize, okay, I got to get over and repair this fence because the Dilophosaurus herd is pissed that the tornado is coming through. So I'm hauling ass to get over to this exhibit and sure enough, no, they're they're pissed. They just smash right through a, like a giant concrete wall. And I was like, uh-oh, I have four Dilophosaurus that are loose in my park <laughs> with some Ankyosaurus behind them. Dilophosaurus are the spitter guys from Jurassic yeah. Park. Ankyosaurus are the big like armored guys of the big ball tail. Yeah. And I'm like, oh god, uh-oh. I didn't build a helicopter pad. You need the <laughs> helicopter pad to be able to tranquilize the loose dinosaurs. And I realized, I'm like, I'm off selling buildings. I cannot get enough money to get a helicopter pad. There's the lava source just spitting acid in the face <laughs> of the guests. And I was like, um, well... We're gonna act like this never happened. This is about to be like a big old corporate cover up. I I, I, I hit that options menu. I go restart island. Boom! Just, just wipe the island. Just wipe them off. I was like, I was not prepared. Those because I, I it was the first time in the game I went negative money. I went like negative like ten grand, and I was like. I don't know. It won't let me buy more things. I've lost money now because people are getting eaten. It's just time to wipe this, uh, just bleach the island and start over again on that scenario. 
Man, yeah, you you were telling me about that story, <laughs> and I was just like, yep. Well, I know what your gaming moment of the week is for sure. That that was great. Oh. Very very engine of you. Yeah, absolutely. Just just wipe it out. Act like it never happened. I didn't even get the dinosaurs off the island. I just let the volcano take them. <laughs> oh man, that's sad. Oh. That's sad. One on the dock. Little no. Ankylosaurus on the dock as the fire no. rains down. Oh man, can we not oh. reference that horrible movie? That's your favorite movie. That movie is a I wanted dumpster to be, fire. I wanted to be formally on record on this podcast. Grim's favorite movie ever is Jurassic World: The Fallen Kingdom. Man, you tried to warn me, and I didn't take your warning very well, and it, <laughs> it, it upset me a lot. That I, that movie upsets me a lot. I remember we watched the trailer at work, and we're just like. This looks bad. Like I never remember having this feeling about Jurassic Park. That movie upsets me a lot. All right. Well, will you read a water bottle for some weird reason? No, I think I just wanted to make sure I wasn't losing my mind. Look, look tell me what's wrong with that water bottle. Oh, the the label is on backwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I can understand. I can understand that if you looked at this label, you'd think, oh, God, I'm having a stroke here on the yeah, show. I'm like, uh-oh. The label's inside uh -oh. out. Yeah, you thought you were having a stroke. That's understandable. <laughs> okay, I'm done now. Um, yeah, let's get into some emails. Oh, all right. All right, we got an email. The FBI has just sent a letter to Bates informing them that they have discovered new emails. Downloading emails from GameZillaMedia.com. All right, you write them, we read them. It's the email section here at the GameZilla Podcast. So email info at GameZillaMedia.com for your chance to have an email read here on the show. And we're going to do two emails this week, and then we're going to wrap up this show. And this one, uh, we've had in the can for a couple weeks, and so I want to make sure that it, it gets gotten to. It's by our friend Danielle. She said, I wanted to send a long-distance dedication to the man in Mount Pleasant, Michigan, which, for context, is the city I used to be a radio DJ in. Uh, he, he, he hears, uh, she hears that I have a favorite song, and it's Rock Lobster. And her question is, <laughs> why do I love Rock Lobster so much? Okay. Why do you love Rock Lobster so much? I hate the song Rock Lobster. Nah, you love it. I, I just want to read this real quick, because Danielle loved this story. When I was a radio DJ... There was a guy that used to comment on all of the social media for the radio station about how anything involving me. He was like, oh, I bet that I bet he's playing Rock Lobster. The dude used to email my boss and tell him that I was playing Rock Lobster too much. I got pulled into my boss's office. He's like, Ethan, we need to have a conversation. There's a listener that keeps complaining that you're playing Rock Lobster too much. How often are you playing Rock Lobster? I'm like, never. I hate that song. I never choose to play Rock Lobster. <laughs> and so it was this running joke. And it was it was like three years. This guy, anytime there was anything about me on the radio station's social media, he'd be like, this jackass is probably off in his car listening to Rock Lobster. <laughs> and I was like, what is up with that? So, <laughs> Oh, you had a true fan. So yeah, a true fan thought I loved Rock Lobster. Danielle wanted that story shared on, on the show. So Done and done. So there you go. So I'm sure I'm going to get spammed with Rock Lobster stuff next week. Yep. All right, now a, a gaming-related question from our boy Button Masher Caleb. He says, with the Borderlands remaster out last week, uh, it gave him some, some questions for us, all right? Okay. Do you guys replay games you've played years ago? And he, he says he doesn't mean playing five minutes of a retro game. He's talking about beating the game, actually sitting down and giving that game our attention. That's the first question. No, I don't. I mean... The only way I do is when, like, 
like I didn't go back and play the first Borderlands on PS3. I'm playing Borderlands now because it was remastered and re-released on a system it's never been on. Just like when I picked up Burnout Paradise when they re-released it on the PS4, that's the way you're going to get me to play an old game. I don't necessarily go back and fire up a PS3 and Xbox 360 and go to beat a game. You know, like even... I think a lot of it is just like an HD remake or something like that that really gets me back into it. Or something like Blaster Master Zero came out. So then once I beat that, I did go back and I played a lot of Blaster Master on the NES. Mm-hmm. Or for this for this purpose, on the NES Classic. Yeah. You know, I uh, it's tough because I don't like sit down and beat games. Like, it's rare that a Borderlands comes around and is a game that I put an immense amount of time in and actually complete the story. It's rare I did that with any era of gaming. But what I will do is I'll sit down and still play NHL hits or Blitz the League, like those games that are short plays. Like, you know, he says not playing five minutes of a retro game, but I'll sit down and play an hour or two of a retro arcade sports game or I'll sit down and play NBA Jam for, for a couple hours in a session. Uh, but it, but. You know, really where he was trying to get at is like really dive into and complete an old game. It's really rare that I ever do that. Uh, yeah, I mean that or uh, you put a lot of time into Donkey Kong Country 3 recently. That's true. I have been playing a lot of Donkey Kong Country 3. I wonder if that will be beneficial, me recently playing through that at all. Anything beneficial for anyone uh, here? I just mean like you just stop bringing your Switch to work and you start playing that because you got tired of playing games with me that's all i mean well as you've noticed my performance in rocket league has dropped off immensely and it has it's, it's, i've been a little concerned yeah your defense it, is definitely not what it used to be it's really poor uh <laughs> which was really the only thing you were good at i know because i can't <laughs> score i can i can uh i can pass the ball and i can save the ball yeah and lately i've not been able to save the ball. Yeah. But I blame Spuds. But that's, that's another that's thing. Fair. That's a that's a pre show topic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Blaming my friend for my anatomy. Ripping on my <laughs> fan base. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Eat it, PC gamers. Uh BMC's other question. Uh if so, uh if so, do they stack up for what you remember? He says, I've been playing the Bioshock collection and it has me feeling the love all over again. Game on BMC. <sighs> I mean, I, obviously earlier I said Borderlands has definitely lived up to it um, as far as being just as great as it was in the past. If anything, I even appreciate it more now. Um, but there's definitely games where I go back and they're just not what I when I remembered them. You know, they're not like, you know, what's something that actually bugs me a bit that I just don't feel they're as great as they used to be brawlers. I used to love brawlers. Like a, like a beat-em-up? Like a beat-em-up, like a Streets of Rage or or even like Turtles Arcade or something like that, right? They're still special. But I just realized how bad, like, they're just kind of like, they're all the same. They're all the same. I came to that conclusion two years ago when I just was getting, oh, oh, I played all the way through the Simpsons Arcade on, uh, on MAME. Yeah. I had, a, I had my little Raspberry Pi set up, and I was like, man... You know, this game was just made to eat up quarters. You press, like, two buttons and jump around. Like, I kind of didn't want to play this after I played it for, like, 40 minutes trying to beat it with my buddy. And beat them are really fun in an arcade where you have to put in quarters and you have limited lives. There's something, like, not fun about the frustration of owning a beat up game when you're like, I can't beat the second level. Like, I can't get further than that. I've run out of lives. So I've actually really shied away from the beat-em-up genre for that reason. It just... 
doesn't feel the same because games are so different nowadays. Yeah. Like that that format is is archaic. Yep. Yep. Um, for you know BMC bringing up, I, I we're both really in love with Borderlands again right now. So I mean that's the same space he's in with Bioshock. Like we both love yeah. Borderlands in the same way that BMC loves Bioshock. And when I go back and play old arcade sports games and you know like those type of games I just mentioned that I like, they still age really well. You know what aged really really bad. 3D fighting games. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, man. Oh, go, like, try going back and playing oh. Mortal Kombat 5, The I, Deadly Alliance. You're like, oh, God. How, I mean, did, how played, was there, like, this was like Mortal Kombat for a decade? I played Mortal Kombat 4 at uh, your wife's birthday party. Yeah. At the arcade. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, good Lord, this is bad. Like, yeah. this is so rough. So, yeah, you're right, the 3D side of it. And if you think about it, a lot of those games kind of shied away from that. They went, they went away from it. Three and like you know, playing like a 3D collectathon game, like yeah, Banjo Kazooie is great, but man, I don't need to go back and replay it. Like it doesn't give me, it gives me 40 minutes worth of nostalgia, then I'm done. I own a ton of video games, right? My game room is is packed, but I don't go back and play a lot of them. It's more or less I just like to own. I like owning them because a lot of them I go back and I and I honestly am disappointed. <laughs> like it's not. I mean, you can pick up a Mega Man anytime and you can play Mega Man and be like, yes, this is Mega Man. Same with like a Metroid game for me, uh, or a Mario game for for those. But like when I go pick up, you know, VIP for the PS One, which was my favorite game growing up. It was his favorite game growing up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But when I pick up almost any PS One game and try to play it, it's it's like a chore. It's literally a that's chore. why no one bought the PlayStation Classic. <laughs> it's because every game in there would be like playing a. It's like a chore. Oh, the Tekken yeah. Three because it's the GOAT. Honestly, even a lot of Nintendo sixty four for me is a yeah. chore. It's yeah. a chore for me. So, um, yeah, that that's not always, but Borderlands right now definitely is getting it gets a lot of praise because it, it is truly special. Cool. Well, that is uh, that was our emails for the week. If you have an email you want read here on the Gamezilla podcast, info at gamezillamedia.com. Send it in, and uh, we'll do our best to read it. Oh, all right. Well, if current gaming is not your thing and you like old school video games, then listen to the Legend of Retro podcast every Thursday where Craig Chops, Xander, and the Glitch take you on a journey in gaming history. Listen up. If you want to go on a whimsical adventure. Ooh, whimsical. Through a wild Dungeons and Dragons campaign, you need to listen to Noobs and Dragons. Uh, it's uh, it's an episodic show, so every... St- every episode the story advances so you got to start at episode one you really gotta because that's when you get uh, attached to to our heroes through the tale and basically uh it's grim jazzy and chops learning to play dungeons and dragons as craig wk the dungeon master really abuses them it's a great time listen to noobs and dragons uh, last action podcast if you're into movies you've, you've gotten all your video game just listening done you want some action movies last action podcast covering all the great action movies and just going through and teaching you things about these films that you maybe never knew don't 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 miss out movie blast podcast it's like a hot 20 minute review uh, of uh maybe a favorite movie of yours maybe one you've never seen or never heard of you're gonna get in the know with the movie blast podcast and then Noiseland Arcade. We, uh, you know, if you're done with the movies, you're done with the games, but you know what? You're just like, man, they don't talk about my favorite cartoon of all time, The Simpsons. Noiseland Arcade co- covering every single episode in chronological order, 
of The Simpsons, as well as mixing in kind of what was going on in the world when that episode was made. It's a very cool take. Very, If you're a Simpsons fan, you do not want to miss this. Noiseland Arcade. All right, I'm going to try to do this right the second time around. Patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. That's where you need to go to financially contribute to the life of the GameZilla podcast and GameZilla Media. Uh, special perks starting at just $1 per month. And uh, you'll find something you love there, exclusive content you can only get at patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. Go there and support us today. We would appreciate it immensely. And hey, Maybe you don't even have a dollar a month to give. What I do know you can do is go to iTunes, go to your whatever your favorite podcast platform is and write us a review. Do they do reviews on Spotify? Sure. I mean, I think they have yeah. a heart button at least. Yeah, at least give us a heart button. Give us a review. Give us five stars. That is going to go a long way in helping us share GameZilla to more people. Uh, it, it would actually mean a lot to us. So you know, please take... 10 minutes, five minutes of your week, and uh, give us a star review and give us a share. All right. You can watch highlights of this show, let's, uh, Craig WK's Long Play, all sorts of cool content on our YouTube channel. So head on over to YouTube, search GameZilla Media. Uh, we have streamers on Facebook, Twitch. So make sure you are heading over to GameZillaMedia.com, going to the stream team. You can find people like Matrix on stage, Spidey2KX, Player One Miggy, myself, Grim the Dino, uh, Owl Zero. All these people streaming all week long so you can come hang out, watch some fun video games, have a good conversation with some gamers. Uh, of course, we have our blog. So if you've done got done listening to all your podcasts and you want more content, there's always the blog that you can, you can read up on, on gaming reviews, hardware reviews maybe just some personal opinion pieces it's all there and then i've said it a few times during the show but our our community in the discord you go to gameslomedia.com right on the homepage. you click the discord button you join for free you talk with gamers from around the world every day and uh you know you can talk any from the nintendo channel to playstation xbox pc everything's there if you're done talking about video games head on over to the the movie channel head on over to the uh the family and pets channel and share a picture of your dog the community is super fun, super chill, and we just like having a good time. So come hang out with us. All right. Well, this has been uh, episode 254 of the Games Little Podcast. We want to thank everybody for hanging out with us today. And uh, remember, we are your elite free DLC for all your gaming news. And until next time, game, game on. on.